0: Hey fam, it's the girl Kaylee, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the show. So as you know, one of the goals of my podcast is to feature and uplift creatives, and it's been a few episodes since I've had the opportunity to do that. Today's episode allows me to get back to those roots, which is why I'm so excited. So today, we are joined by web series creator Patrick Ladonis. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I am well. Thank you for taking the time to ask. So diving right in, let's talk about your web series, Scales. What is the inspiration behind it?
1: For me, I think the inspiration is I wanted to tell a story that showcases like friendship and just all the misadventures of unsteadiness of, among these three characters, specifically the character of Remy Howard that is struggling to maintain a balance of his friendships and his personal life. So I wanted to take some of my own loosely based experiences of my personal experiences and take a, you know, raise awareness at the humanity of the comedy of eras that I did once experience as well as other people. So that's kind of the inspiration is to really share about my own experiences. As a, as, a, as a 20 something single person in the city.
0: Absolutely, and I relate to that as a fellow creative. So with this show, I have so many different things that I do and incorporate, but I also share my experiences through my work. So I definitely identify with that. And it's funny that you mentioned the characters and trying to find a balance when that's the theme of the show, balance life. So that was pretty cool. So I wanna ask, are you currently casting any roles, any behind the scenes roles you're trying to fill right now?
1: Well, we actually, we have two roles that we are casting for, which are actually, these are for supporting roles of Mm -hmm. Fate and Matt. And if anyone's interested, we do have the roles posted on backstage.com.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Circling back to the series itself. So if you had to describe it in three words, which would you choose?
1: I would say original, entertaining, and I would say it's empowering.
0: Great. And I think that's something that we definitely need right now to see something that's very empowering. And especially with Black work, we always talk about how we're tired of seeing, you know, stereotypical characterizations and storylines. And we want something more centered to our everyday experiences and uplifting us in that way. So I'm glad that you're doing that with your work. So just kind of speaking to you on a personal level, when did you first recognize that you had a creative nature about you? Tell me about your first creative project or work.
1: Oh wow! How much time do we have? Um, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I I personally think I first I first had the creative gene in me, and it goes back to there's a story when I was five years old, and at the time my my well my grandmother she had terminal cancer, and for her her favorite thing to watch was her soaps or what you know they called stories, mm-hmm. and so um, what I would do for her is I would watch the stories for her and I would reenact some of the characters and it would cheer her up. And so my mom says that that was something that I did for at least a good until I got in second grade. Then I started writing my own stories and would read them to her. And Mm -hmm. the very first story I wrote was called Ballington Heights. And why as a second grader did I create a soap opera with all the Mm -hmm. drama who knows but i would say that that was kind of my first um i first realized that i had a gift of being able to you know being able to make cheer her up and then just doing little short stories and creative storytelling and that's when i first recognized it so i for years kind of played off of that memory of Recalling what that smile looked like on my grandmother's face and how she looked forward to me giving her giving her these stories presented by her uh five and five and then eventually six year old grandson
0: right, absolutely. I love that and I think it's very beautiful. So if you remember by chance, so what soap operas did you reenact because I actually still watch soap operas, I guess that's the granny and me, <laughs> so which ones <laughs> did <right>. you reenact? <laughs> Okay,
1: well, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna sh- share this, and it, it's it's so, it's it's still it, I still hold it dear to my heart because every now and then I go into this mode. But my grandmother's favorite soap opera was All My Children,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: one of her favorite characters was Erica Kane. Of course, and I used to tell people, <laughs> as a young kid, I'd be like, "Do you know who I am? I'm Patrick Sutton because that's what Erica Kane would do." So that kind of became my mantra. And even to this day when, you know, I'm out with friends or something and just being silly and someone will say something, I'll ask that person, do you know who I am? I'm Patrick Ladonis. And it's just a running thing that kind of stuck with me from that fictional character of Erica Kane in All you know all My Children. And again, she, my grandmother watched all ABC soap, so General Hospital, One Life to Live. And she also would watch CBS soaps, Guiding Light and Young and the Restless were two other different favorites.
0: All right, I'm over here like you can't see me, but I'm over here making a face and like thumbs up. No, I think Erica Kane is perhaps one of the most well-known like soap opera characters, like a boss character, like that's a boss chick right there. And I still watch, well, there's only one ABC soap remaining, General Hospital. So I watch that and I also watch Young and the Restless. So definitely feel your granny. Great taste, great taste. is jumping out at me. So, as a creative, we watch our work expand and improve as time passes. Is there a moment you look back on it like at that time you thought you were killing it, but now you're like, "Eh, maybe not so much."
1: And yes. So, when I was in college, I start I was start I, I was creating I guess you call it guerrilla filmmaking. So um, I made a horror film on campus called When Evil Awakes. And I think the budget for it was about $250. So it's ultra, ultra, ultra low budget. And so looking back, because I still have the, and this is how old it. I, I still have the cassette, the VHS cassette. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God, this was Awful. Whether you could see the shaky camera, you could see the lapel mics we were wearing. Uh, it's it's really bad, but it's like can't be bad. So, but there's so many things that if I really thought I had the energy, I would want to totally revamp the story, remake it completely. And I think for for at the time, all of us that participated in it, we were over the top bad actors as the horror films so it's really cheesy it's just it's god-awful bad it's a good thing to watch if you had you know a couple of cocktails or something
0: right gotcha no and just mentioning cassettes and stuff and vhs tapes definitely a throwback i think my first uh, cassette was britney spears i think it was her self-titled cassette and then vhs tapes like all the disney movies i have those on vhs Oh so my you, God, yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So I have a question I'm going to ask in two different ways. So first, what general advice would you offer creatives in terms of how to approach their art and how to navigate the industry?
1: Uh, I would say that first, I think for any creative, I think you have to be yourself in your work, be authentic don't create something that you feel that would jeopardize the integrity of your artistry i always say remain who you are like i've this i've this is who i've been for quite some in my adult life and i wouldn't let anyone change who i am as a creative so for any upcoming creative or that's already there creating make sure that you're creating the story that represents what you want to story that you want to tell and not someone else um because i see the beauty of being a creative is the fact that we're able to see stories and we create stories typically from our own voices so never lose your voice in your work is what i would definitely tell them
0: absolutely and no that's a solid point and that's something that i've had to learn on my journey and i just think about chloe and hallie the singers they mentioned that beyonce told them don't ever lower yourself or your standards for the world let the world catch up so I think that's a great lesson you know to remain authentic and true to yourself for sure so thank and you that, for that, that song
1: I Go love ahead. that song by the way no do it it's like my new summer song like I love hearing that song that's such a great song I think
0: that's mm-hmm. an amazing
1: song by, the, by Chloe and Halley. I love it
0: yes yeah, like I think It's their first charting song on the Billboard, and I'm so happy for them. It is a great song, and I love the whole album, honestly, Ungodly Hour. Like, I can play the whole thing from start to finish. Like, I love it. So I want to ask the same question again, but this time, how would you tailor your advice for creatives in this time, you know, of a new normal with COVID and current tensions?
1: um you know this is a question that you know i i was thinking about just personally as a you know as a creative during you know we've literally been on this lot this global recess since i think march 12th or march 13th and i would say this is the point where you as a creative this is where we pivot you know we take this you know like i said this global recess and we allow ourselves to really produce and create our best work. I think this is the time for us to not allow the distractions of just the uh, anxiety of the unknown. Instead of letting it hinder us, let it elevate us to greatness. I know, you know, of course, we all have to have that moment where we, you know, do a pulse check and have to stop just to kind of understand try or at least try to understand what's going on but then our role as creatives how can we how can we tell our story what story do we want to leave behind because you know for us 50 years from now there'll be a story someone will be listening to the work that you've done and the work that I've done and I think it's important that we've left behind a true um sort of creative map of our experiences and where we, where we were and hopefully by then, it'll be a much different place 50 years from now and it'll be things to you know educate and inform people of the journey that we've had and what we experienced. So in this new normal, I say take this time to truly, truly, you know how, I think it was last year and I, I hate using buzzwords, but we have to use them I remember, I don't know if you remember, last year, everyone kept saying, be unapologetic, 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 which is a great word because we shouldn't, we need to be unapologetic. But I also think that for when we think of COVID and we think of the, you know, civil unrest that's happening and where our Black men and women are being, you know, just so many things that I could totally go into, the, you know, to really get the, get my juices flowing, I say we have to pivot. This is where that resurgence, like the, you know, the Harlem Renaissance, there was like this rebirth of great art. I think this is our time to where when all of the, when the dust settles, there will be this sort of huge renaissance of creatives that are going to give birth to types of work that will change the landscape for, I think, forever. Because if you realize that now, you know, production companies are looking at different ways of, you know, shooting and filming things. And, you know, for me and for other creatives out there, we have an advantage because we're used to working with less. They're not. So we already have a head start. We have amazing content already produced and we know how to do it without having, you know, a whole, 20, 30 plus people team. So we, we, are, we have an advantage and I think this is where we use that to, to our advantage and, t- and totally change, reconstruct the entire landscape of that medium.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk intersectionality. You're a black man, but you're also a member of the LGBTQIA. So how are you feeling during these current times? Do you feel left out of conversations and or consideration?
1: I would say I feel I feel hopeful mm-hmm. and I feel that when we sort of emerge from all of this that there will be some sustainable change especially in the LGBTQ um, plus community and I think how we move and exist in a world that in some instances has or even maybe still do see us as less that they will see us you know just as important or similar or equalized which I think we all have a right to have that seat at the table. Uh, I wouldn't say that I feel left out at this current moment, but I think there needs to be more than just one seat at the table for me. Meaning, we don't need to just have that one sort of black person at the table just to check a box. We don't need to have that one black woman at the table to check the box. We don't need to have that one black queer person, trans person or whatever to be there to check a box. Allow there to be several seats at the table for us because we, you know, I feel that we represent such a, you know, there we come in all beautiful shapes and colors and styles and shades. And it requires more than just one person at that table, you know, see us. And, you know, like Rihanna said, pull up, pull Mm -hmm. us into your writer's room, expand grants for us, extend platforms to elevate these amazing podcasts and other uh, content that we're out here creating that is entertaining. There's an audience for us and there should be many seats at the table available and resources available for us to give us the same opportunities that extends for people who are not people of color
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and i ask that because in two different realms i feel like that's an issue i feel like in terms of representation you don't always see and not everybody has a seat at the table, like you were saying. And I mean, just aside from Black men or Black women or Black men and women who are part of the LGBTQ community, I mean, you also don't see, you know, those who are Black and disabled at the table or, you know, who are Black and disabled and fall into other, you know, categories in terms of intersectionality, in terms of that representation, you know, creatively. But then also just, you know, with the current civil unrest, We see a lot of discussion on social media, for instance, that black women are often left out of the discussion, especially when we think about Breonna Taylor and how hard people are having to fight for her versus how hard sometimes people fight for black men or how black trans women are left out of conversations, things of that nature. So that's what made me want to ask that question. So wrapping things up, what is one thing you want to leave the audience with?
1: Oh gosh! Um, I would definitely want the audience, which I'm sure everyone already knows, is, you know, to continue to, continue to stay in this place of, I don't want to say demanding the equality, but stay in this this it's this marathon. You know, it's you know, I hate to be cliche and say it's, it's, it's uh, about the spread piece because it's not a spread. We have a, we have a ways to go, but I think we're staying vigilant and being consistent and we're not taking it. you know, I, I think it's a line from a movie. I can't remember it, but they're like, we're mad as hell and we're not gonna take it anymore. I want us to keep that same energy moving forward, not only with demanding the equality, but when we do it in the polls come November, I want us to continue to do it when we see something, say something, you know, whether it's police brutality, if it's disrespect, someone disrespecting um, a black woman or just a black person in general, we have to be our brother and sister's keeper. And I know I said a whole lot in that, but that's just something I really want. That's on my heart that I'm constantly thinking about that I don't, this is not just a fad. This is a revolution that all of us are coming together to make something happen, to leave, the, so that's what I want the audience to know. And last but not least, I want the audience to hopefully check out Scales, the web series, and just know that season three is gonna probably be one of our most talked about seasons. It's gonna be uh, very entertaining, but it's gonna be a real conversation starter because season my writing partner and I have crafted a story that I don't think has been told fully or the right way in digital or in a television series before. So stay tuned.
0: All right. Well, that's a wrap. And thank you, Patrick, for appearing on the show today.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. All right, y'all, stay tuned. There is much more in store after this break. Hey, y'all, so we're back. Life has enough heaviness as is I mean, there's so much going on in the world, I mean, daily, so much that causes stress, anxiety, depression, sadness, anger, rage, all of these things that we're feeling, exhaustion, drained. So I wanted this episode to be on the lighter side. I wanted it to be lighthearted, you know, just chill. So I just wanted to use these last few minutes of the show to just talk about life right now, you know. So my brother and I had a conversation the other day And he was like, you know, you're not really an introvert You're a fake introvert Like, and I thought about it And I'm like, you know, I think I am like an extrovert I think life has just pushed me into the introvert phase and stage Because I mean, I look back at like old me and these Facebook memories And I was out a good bit Like I was out there living life And I mean, I was the first couple years of college too Especially freshman year And, you know, a little bit sophomore year. And then things went downhill as, you know, the depression and stuff kicked in. So I find myself now in a phase where I'm actually, I guess, getting back to me. I'm making time to talk with people. And I mean, not just like basic talk. I mean, have actual conversations in depth. I'm working on, you know, developing, establishing, maintaining, and nourishing. That's really important. Relationships, you know. Like incorporating, you know, talking on the phone more versus just texting, just fully immersing in life again, you know, making new connections, making new friends, things out like, you know, things of that nature, like being more out there on social media, just putting yourself out there into the world. Like that's what I'm getting back to. I'm getting back to putting myself out there in the world and sharing myself what I have to offer, which I believe and know is a lot. You know, just getting back to joy, getting back to things like, you know, I used to love jump roping back in, you know, school, like jump rope for heart, you know, kindergarten. And, you know, when we had to jump rope in like ninth grade, you know, for high school and gym class. So I'm getting back to things like that. And let me say, y'all, it's rough. Like, I'm not in ninth grade anymore. I'm thicker. Like, I haven't done it. I haven't been as active. So it's hard jump roping. Like, you think it's real simple, but it's not. You got to put in work. <laughs> like, especially now. It ain't like it used to be. But yeah, just getting back to things like that, you know, that's healthy and positive for you, your body, and that you enjoy. And I think another big thing, like, for me right now is just accepting. Accepting. Just accepting what life is and what life is offering Because something that I have really had to tell myself And I keep having to tell myself is Life, it don't move how you want it to or how you think it should You know, we think we're old You know, we think the world owes us something But something I've had to accept is the world You know, kids' language, don't owe you shit You're not old shit You have to be a good person and do good things Because that's who you are, that's in your nature Don't expect to be rewarded for that Like I remember I went to a, was it, it was a, it was, I went to church with a friend and afterwards they were talking about the idea of sacrifice. You have to sacrifice wholly and fully for the betterment of the other person. You don't need to do it to be rewarded. You don't need to do it to say that you did the act. It has to be in a selfless whole act or it's not really considered sacrifice. You know, like you're doing it for something, you know, it just has to be pure. And so I mean that's the same thing you have to just move genuine in life be good because that's who you are just don't expect something from it because that's when you get hurt and disappointed you just got to be you like again you can do quote-unquote all the right things and be a good person like you know whatever the society tells you is right or whatever and you follow that path and you do all those things and you check all these boxes and then you're still wondering you know why aren't things working out for me like look at me on paper i'm great again you're not old and you're not going to be rewarded for doing the quote unquote right things again life don't move how you want it nor how you think it should and something that a therapist stressed to me is you can't put your expectations on others and it's just kind of saying you can't put your expectations on the world it don't work like that you know you just gotta move and you just gotta accept what is so yeah that mentality that gotta be released thinking it's gonna move how you think it should and how you want it doesn't work that way um, Something else I would say is never let people put you into a box and never put yourself in a box either. Don't feel like, oh, I can only do this one thing. And I mean, sometimes with jobs, like they'll tell you, oh, you need to have this niche. You need to have this one market and things of that nature. OK, sure, I guess. But my thing is, I don't believe in limitations. I don't believe in just... I mean, and don't get me wrong, that's fine. If there's just one thing you specialize in, one thing you love, that's great. But if you have other interests, pursue them. That's fine. You know what I'm saying like you don't have to put yourself in a box you want to do three things you do three things you want to do five things you do five things just all that I say is make sure that you put all your love attention affection and yourself into those things so that the art doesn't suffer or the different areas that you want to do things in don't suffer like for me I'm, I'm doing my podcast for me I'm about to restart my blog for me I'm about to write that book for me I'm about to do that EP and for me I'm about to land a brand new job in a great city with great pay great benefits and great environment I'm gonna do all of that because I can I'm not putting myself in a box and I would tell you to never do that either don't do that to yourself now don't judge me but this next part I'm gonna bring it in full circle so I was watching Love & Hip Hop Atlanta right and um, Scrap De Leon said One of y'all need to be the bigger person And KK said nah I'ma be the smaller bitch this time Okay don't don't judge me for still watching Love and Hip Hop Atlanta Don't judge me for quoting it But I'ma bring it full circle For me in that moment It was just kind of like You know that wasn't probably the intention of on their end It was just petty stuff But for me just kind of relating it to my life And how I can internalize that message It's just like stop sacrificing yourself Keep your soul pure Move right but don't sacrifice you Apologize now if and when necessary But just make sure that they deserve it Because for me I know I've offered too many apologies To people who didn't deserve it And who didn't give me one in return when I deserved it. But again, I just got to accept that because people don't move how you want to. You can't put your expectations on the others. So that's why I got to check how I move. I got to check how I approach life. So yeah, make sure if you're going to apologize that they deserve it. Don't cater to others. Stop lowering yourself. Stand in yourself and stand up for yourself. And that's what I got from that. And that's what I want to focus on. And I could just be like taking that and running with it in a whole different direction. But I still feel that what I said is a vibe, a mood and a lifestyle. Okay. Another lesson. Do not romanticize the past or your interactions with people. Don't forget the bad and just how bad things got. Now, this is from Shonda Rhimes. She once said that we are all writers. And it's true. Like, I think we are all guilty of creating an image or ideal of someone or something that wasn't real or accurate at least once. You know? Now, this is a message that I got from today when I was in this conference. Learn that you were supposed to be in a room. That room is open for you. And the speaker talked about so often how, you know, she stopped herself from going to certain rooms, going and pursuing certain opportunities. And I had those regrets too. I let imposter syndrome get me. I let fear get me, but that's another thing I'm moving with. I'm We ain't letting fear run us no more. We're not doing that in 2020 and beyond we're not letting fear stop us because there can be so much greatness on the opposite side of that fear you know so pursue those things and like michelle obama said you know when you get to that table she's been at every big table in the world that you can think of you realize the other people there they're not that smart so remember that you're just as capable you're just as smart if not more than the people at those tables. so learn that you're supposed to be at that table learn that you're supposed to be in that room it is there for you open that door sis take that chair sis or like beyonce said if you got to build a whole new table on your own build it i'm with all of that i'm for all of that and i'm doing all of that so something else that i wanted to say and i got this off of um twitter so don't like think i'm some guru or whatever they said sis, you're somebody's prayer you better not beg for love and i wanted to speak on that so much now this is my thoughts here I feel like a lot of us, whether we realize it or not, we spend a lot of time trying to prove our worth. But how often are you demanding that others prove their worth to you? Are they serving you? What have they shown you? No more bare minimum, sis. You are glorious. You are godly. Okay? Remember that. Another that I got from Twitter, normalize your free time not being synonymous with your availability. Normalize not giving people an explanation for being unavailable during your free time. I think it's very important because I think when we have free time, you know, especially if you're a very giving person and you're an empath and stuff, you'll be willing to give that time to somebody else if they need it, they want it, they ask for it. But again, are you pouring into yourself? You have to make sure that you're pouring into yourself or you're not going to have anything to pour forth. Okay, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Remember that. So that just wraps up this little moment here. So I'm about to grab a little sound ball and I'm gonna give you all three strikes and then I'm gonna end the episode. So here we go. Thank you for tuning in to another episode i want to thank our guest patrick for appearing again i want to thank you for listening i encourage you to send this to a friend send an apple spotify google podcast link soundcloud however you get it however you're living send a link to your friends spread the word retweet promo all of that please be sure to check out my blog i'll be posting some links tomorrow and i have a brand new um, blog post that i'm going to post tomorrow and it'll be centered on giving you a little inspiration about just kind of overcoming that kind of inspiration. All right, so as always, grow, glow, know. I love you. You guys take care of yourselves. Namaste, and I will see you next week.